You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know, at the end of the day, football is football. All Patriots, all, all the time. Ooh, that, that's spicy. All Patriots, all, all the time. Welcome to, 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 to First and Foxborough. Episode 4 of First and Foxborough. Well, kind of the the fourth official episode of First and Foxborough. We've had a couple of other ones, a couple of bonus episodes, which you should also be checking out. Fourth official episode of First and Foxborough. I'm your host, Kyrie Thompson. Make sure you follow, subscribe, download, listen on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcast. I'm going to try an and instead of or. How about you listen on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcast? More listens. Follow the show at First and Foxborough, F O X B O R O, on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me at Katie Thompson5 on Twitter and at K H A R I D T on Instagram. The one account that I, I feel like I'm constantly forgetting about. Um, not a big picture taker. I do update the stories every now and again. And I feel like a lot of times that's what people look at more now than ever, right? Because it's kind of the, the here and now sort of thing. So I guess as long as I'm doing that, uh, I can say I'm doing something with my Instagram. Anyway, back to the matter at hand. Now that it is a Thursday, we are now less than two weeks away from Patriots training camp. It is ticking down. It is getting closer. We are that much nearer to seeing real football with this team. Even even though the first couple of days of practice at training camp are going to be without pads, we're still going to get a chance to see like, okay, who's really calling the plays in this huddle? What's this receiving core going to look like now that we've actually got everybody involved at this point? And are they serious about some of these offensive scheme changes that we think we've been seeing since they started spring practice? Or are they kind of going to go back to their old ways? The answers will come soon. Stay tuned. In the meantime, we're keeping the conversation going. And today I am chatting with somebody whose podcast I've been on a couple of times, who is one of the smoothest talkers out there in the game. And honestly, one of the best dudes out there. I mean, I just enjoy so much talking to him and, you know, just genuinely an excellent person and an excellent person to talk football with. And that is Mike DeBate of Sports Illustrated and the host of the Locked On Patriots podcast. Hit it off with him when we met during training camp last year. And I mean, sometimes like we'll, we'll chat it up. I mean, usually it's it's around, you know, trying to figure out, oh yeah, can you come on my show? But I mean, even aside from that, like he's a dude that I'll just, sometimes I'll message just because. Like I said, just great guy. And I figured, you know what, if I get my own show, he's gonna be one of the first calls I put in to see if I can return the favor. Now. The other thing that I like about Mike is that we've heard a lot of negative stuff about the Patriots, especially after the close of this last season. And I, you could understand why. I mean, I've done a little bit of it, right? Because I, I think that I'm a little bit kind of neutral on this team right now, and, and we'll see how it goes once the actual football begins. But the other thing I can appreciate about Mike is that he's always able and willing to find the glass half full perspective about the Patriots, which I think is, especially during this time of year, I mean, hope springs eternal for everybody, right? And, and even if there, there are people who don't entirely believe in the Patriots or, you know, are concerned about the direction, I mean, fans want to hear hope. 
right? Fans want to hear hope. They want optimism. They want reasons to believe that this team is going to be better than you think. And you know what? Even though he'll tell you, look, maybe they haven't significantly improved to the point where they're going to win like 13, 14 games or something like that. Mike will tell you he thinks that they have indeed gotten better heading into the 2022 season. I am one of the few that really enjoyed the Patriots draft hall this year. I think that from top to bottom, they got players that may not have an immediate 100% impact this year, but they're looking two to three years down the line. Cole Strange is definitely one of them. Look, I know a lot of people will still make the argument that reaching for a guard that you could have gotten in subsequent rounds is a little bit still of a stretch. Nicole is the type of player that the Patriots love to employ. I had the opportunity to speak with Rusty Wright, who was Cole's coach over at Chattanooga, shortly after uh, he was drafted. And Coach Wright and I had a one-on-one. And the prevailing theme of that conversation that kept coming up, Irie, was the fact that he was so impressed with Cole's ability from day one to take the leadership role and to not question the leadership role. He knew exactly what he needed to do, and he went out there and did it, whether it was aligning all over the uh, the formation, lining up at center, guard, tackle, wherever. he was. Maybe Cole wasn't comfortable doing it at times, but he did it for the good of the team. I think that's what you're going to see in him this year. From a guard perspective, uh, they could definitely do a lot worse in terms of putting uh, him out there in that role. We've seen in minicamp that he has a great amount of athleticism. I think he brings that to the table. Um, Tenacious run blocker, a lot of quickness. He can generate that impact on power runs, which is where I think that he's going to be at his best. He also can seal the defenders on the zone runs as well. So I like that pick. In terms of wide receiver, another good one with uh, Tyquan Thornton. Tyquan, I think, is going to need a year under his belt this year. For those of you that are anticipating him being a groundbreaker right from the get-go, he's going to need at least a year to get seasoned in, but he'll get his in-game action. So I liked what the Patriots did in the draft, even in subsequent rounds, getting guys like Jason Hines and Andrew Stuber in later rounds, really strengthening the core of that offensive line for years to come. All in all, I think the Patriots did a great job in filling some needs. I still think there's a little bit of a need at the corner. I really like bringing Malcolm Butler back in a mentor role. I think Jack Jones is ready to take that step. But I still think there are players short there. So if there's anything that they still need to do, I'm still on the, on the fence about a cornerback, maybe even a little bit of help on the defensive line as well, which unfortunately may be one of their more thinner positions in terms of depth. Yeah, that was the position I was going to bring up because when you're talking about the interior, right? You got you know, you got Christian Barmore, you got you know Lawrence Guy. And Dietrich Wise can kind of like flit in and out, but he largely, I think, played, you know, more, more in. So it's like you, you've got experience and you've got bodies there, but on the edge, right? You're just talking about Matthew Judon and then question mark, question mark, question mark, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, yes, you're Josh Uche is there, right? But mm-hmm. we've been waiting for the breakout for a couple of years now, and it hasn't mm-hmm. quite come. He's got the athleticism. He's got the ability. And we saw him, you know, on the line, standing up and kind of being moved around. We didn't see anything from Ronnie Perkins last year. Right. So then it's like, okay, you, you traded Chase Winovich. I, I thought that was going to happen one way or another because it seemed like he just wasn't getting a role yeah. much. So it feels like you've got to add something there. And so you you said that cornerback worries you the most, but you're also concerned about defensive end, your defensive line. 
I think that from a cornerback position, they've got enough bodies where they're probably just going to roll with that. But how would you improve that defensive line, you know, edge rusher position? Because I feel like they got to fill that out. Yeah, and there's a guy out there on the market that a lot of people have discussed. Kyrie, you and I discussed it offline. We know a lot of our colleagues in the media have brought this up. I see Tom Curran was a guest on your show recently. He's brought it up. Henry McKenna of uh, um, uh, Patriots Wire has brought this up. Trey Flowers is someone out there that I would not mind seeing the other New England Patriots bring in. Look, there's a great deal of synergy when it comes to Flowers and the Patriots. He did a great job on the edge, great job with the pass rush. Uh, to me, I think the uh, the relationship that he has with Dietrich Wise Jr., who has really developed as a force, as maybe the Patriots' primary force at the defensive end position, would work very nicely. So if the Pats are going to go in a free agent direction, He's a guy that could come in and be able to learn the system pretty quickly because of all of his experience here. Now, that's not inside information. That's not anything that I've heard through the grapevine. I just selfishly, I love Trey. I've always loved him as a, as a, a football player. I'd love to see him back in New England. But I also think he could provide maybe a little bit of that push that the Patriots need at the pass rush in order to maybe kickstart some of the guys that are going to develop a little bit. A guy that not a lot of people have talked about and there's you know a lot of reason for that simply because he just hasn't seen the field all that much here since he was signed is Henry Anderson. I'm really I'm really curious to see how Henry does this year with a full training camp, um, you know, allowing himself to kind of come back from the injury a year in the Patriots system wasn't really utilized prior to the injury. It wasn't just the injury that prevented him from seeing the field. It was also a little bit about utilization, but he spent three years in the AFC East with the Jets and played well both in, um, you know, uh, the uh, run stuff. Uh, he was really he was among the, the top in the uh, league in 2020 in terms of rough uh, run stuff rate with um, defensive uh, tackles that had 500 or more defensive snaps. So this is a guy that's a very good run stuffer, and that I think is where the Patriots want to utilize him. But when he was required to play a pass rush in 2018 with the Jets his first year. Seven sacks, 16 quarterback hits. So a guy that can get after the quarterback as well. I'm not saying he's going to be your answer, but if he can replicate some of those numbers and prove to the Patriots that he's the guy they thought they signed two years ago, he could be a force. This could be like an acquisition that the Patriots have already made, but are really just paying the dividends on this season. It is interesting that you bring up his name because it does feel like, I mean, Christian Barmore took over as, I mean, he's the best, interior defender on that team last year but it did seem as if there were still points where they were getting pushed around a little bit aside from him where mm -hmm. like, like you mentioned right Godshaw um you know and guy kind of had games where you're like oh, like where's your impact you know like, like we need we need some stops and so maybe having another body just in that rotation would be helpful. By the way, I really like that we started off going heavy defense on here because <laughs> it always feels like everybody wants to talk about the offense. But honestly, I, I think the defense is a bigger concern than the offense is going to be. Mm. But let's migrate over to that side of the ball, shall we? So I feel like when it let's just start with Mac Jones. Why not? I mean, come on. He's the one everybody <laughs> wants to talk about. Absolutely. What, what do you want to see from him in year two? Uh, we're already starting to see it a little bit, believe it or not. I wanted to see a dedication uh, to the role that he has to play, which is quarterback, starting quarterback of the New England Patriots, taking that leadership role, taking his teammates under his wing and proving to them and saying, I'm the guy that can lead you to the promised land. His 
private workouts uh, with a lot of the wide receivers that we're seeing. We're recently seeing him work out with guys like Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, we've seen him work out with J.J. Taylor. So he's not just limiting this to uh, simply um, wide receivers. He wants the pass catchers out there, guys that he knows that he's going to need in the open field to be able to make plays for him. Worked out with Parker, with Bourne, um, all of these guys that he's worked out. And I know I'm forgetting names, but everybody's going to scream and yell at them. But he's worked with pretty much every pass catcher that you need to work with in order to gain that synergy. So right off the bat, he's doing it there. He's definitely developing that leadership role. The second thing that I was really impressed to see this offseason is he worked with Tom House. Um, this is a guy that knows how to work with quarterbacks and get velocity out of quarterbacks. Tom basically was very blunt when he talked to Tom Curran back in January of this yeah. year, stating that, hey, you know what? This kid hasn't reached his velocity ceiling yet. Right. And despite Everybody of what you hear, assumed. Yeah, absolutely. Assumed. You're going to hear, especially the arm strength experts out of Western New York, a lot of people that are very, very uh, up on uh, arm strength up there in Western New York. They, they, they're really, really smart people. Well, I mean, I mean, stuff. it's it's, it's got to be <laughs> nice to have a guy who can rifle the ball through a hurricane. Which yeah, what he was doing last year. Good, good for you. you know? Absolutely. And no, that's not taken away at all from Josh Allen, who I thought right. was phenomenal last year. And I think he has a chance to be even better this year. It's more about the chattering that you're hearing about Mac from that area. Right. Uh, don't yeah. write Mac Jones off just yet, folks. Even those of you up in Western New York, um, working with Tom House was, I think, the perfect way for Mac to be able to develop what he needed in terms of getting more on the ball and being able to complete passes that we didn't see him complete last year. And he's doing it with his physique as well. He's taking better care of himself, resting better. He's eating better. You can see he's in much better shape, a lot stronger. We've seen the Instagram pictures. The kid looks in you know great shape, ready to roll. So we've seen all of that. On the field, I think what you need to see is a little bit more confidence stepping into the ball. We saw him have some difficulty when you saw some of those round-the-corner blitzes come at him. And as a rookie will, he had some difficulty picking those up and making the decisions that he needed to make. I think you're going to see him um, better in that area this year simply because I think he's going to get better protection from the O-line. But also, I think he's worked on that this year as well. We've already seen it a little bit in minicamp where he's got a little bit more of a zip. He's getting rid of the ball quicker. He looks like he's throwing with more authority and more confidence. So as these things continue to build, I look for a big year from Mac Jones this year. I don't think you're going to see regression. Um, he looks ready to roll, and he looks like he's put in the work that he needs in order to make it. He really has looked – again, I've said this before. I'll say it again. He he looks completely different from the way he, that he looked last year at this time. But again, I even think that he looks different just in the way that he plays the game from the end of this past season. I, I really do. His, his aggressiveness has been – uh, something that's been really notable. And I, I also thought it was really interesting. Tom Curran talked about this on episode mm -hmm. one of First in Foxborough, which, by the way, let's go ahead and, and take a little break here and say download, subscribe, listen to the podcast on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, we got Mike DeBate from Sports Illustrated with us right here. And Tom talked about this. He said, look, Tom Brady in his second year, right? As a starter, right? So his third year in the pros, but second year as, as the starter for the Patriots, he took more chances and mm. he threw more interceptions, right? He tied his career high for interceptions that season with 14, which is, it's hilarious. Like that was his career high for interceptions, yeah. like still four, <laughs> just 14. <laughs> and, and so, <laughs> and, and so he tried to 
throw some balls that maybe he ought not to have, but that was his way of trying to see what his limits were. And I think that we saw a little bit of that during minicamp. And I mean, it just happened. Maybe it's because of the non-padded practice, but everything that he threw was on point. It was just only where his guy could catch it, where he was throwing up to Johnu Smith with Kyle Duggar all over him, or he's throwing to Trey Nixon and Jonathan Jones is is hanging off of Trey Nixon's back. And it just lands perfectly in the right arm. And you're just like, Okay, we could talk about the catch by Trey Nixon, but that was just an absolute dot from 50 yards out. And right. so I'm, I'm very you know, interested to see how that goes. Now, we referenced the skill guys. Mm-hmm. Along with the offensive play caller, which I'll ask you about in a minute, the <laughs> skill players are the ones that everybody keeps talking about. Like, they didn't do enough. I mean, I, I've heard people you know, really go after this, this skill position because they're comparing it to having Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, like the Dolphins mm-hmm. do, or having Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis and Isaiah McKenzie, right? The way that the Bills do. And the way I look at the skill group is that they're not, yeah, they're not elite, but they're not horrible. At the mm-hmm. same time, that being said, do you have confidence that the Patriots can succeed and do enough for Mac Jones with a group of good, but not great pass catching options. I do. I really and truly do. And I go back to what Herb Brooks said in Miracle, or maybe Kurt Russell's adaptation of Herb Brooks in Miracle, where he says, you know what? I'm not looking for the best players. I'm looking for the right ones. And I think Mm -hmm. the Patriots have the right ones in the wide receiver core. They may not have that number one name. They may not have a Tyreek Hill. They may not have, you know, the guys that are, you know, at the top of the food chain when it comes to wide receivers in this league in terms of grabbing headlines and gaudy stats. But what they do have are players that can fit within the system and players that can play alongside Mac Jones. That's a big key, Kyrie. I think that's something that a lot of people uh, throw around as being maybe like, you know, scrap. But this is how Tom Brady built his his, uh, you know, fame and fortune. I'm glad that you mentioned, uh, you know, what Tom said about, you know, Mac taking a few more shots down the field. And I like what you said about him making completions to, you know, guys like Trey Nixon. And last year, those would have been checkdowns. Last even yeah. in practice, he still would have checked those down. He's Absolutely. taking the chances this year. And I think it's because he sees a little bit more in his wide receiver course. It's not all about Mac Jones bravado coming out. This is about confidence in his team as well. And I love the addition of Devontae Parker. I had the chance to talk to um, my colleague uh, who covers the uh, the Dolphins for Sports Illustrated, Alan Bopard, has covered the Dolphins for a number of years. And he was very impressed by the Patriots' acquisition of Parker. He really kind of led me to believe that if Parker is healthy and he's locked in, this could be a game-changing type acquisition for the Patriots. It's got the size and the toughness to make contested catches, which is something that, you know, obviously the Patriots love in their receivers, but he can give Mac Jones that viable red zone target that he hasn't necessarily had at the receiver position. So this is, I think, a great opportunity for Parker to show off yards after the catch ability. Again, something that with the exception of Kendrick Bourne, we didn't see a whole lot of out of the yeah. wide receiver core last year. I think Nelson Aguilar is much more serious about being that deep threat. He realizes Kyrie, he hears the chatter that we all hear as well. We had the chance to talk to him on Zoom uh, a little over two months ago where we asked him very bluntly about, you know, do you hear the noise about trying, you know, to make a spot on this team? Or he said, you know, I'm focused on what I have to be focused on. And he's going to throwing sessions with Mac. He's looked like he's a little bit more locked in. If he can be even close to what he was in 2020 for the Raiders, 
that's a good addition as well. And then, of course, Thornton has the ability to come along a little bit slower if these guys step up and do what they need to do. And I look for Kendrick Bourne and I look for Jacoby Myers to be the anchors of that wide receiver core and really give them a little bit of gravitas. So, yeah, not the huge names, but they've got enough good players to be a good wide receiver core in this league. Let's close it out with this. Give me your top X factors for 2022 on both sides of the ball, not named Mac Jones. Who else needs to step up besides Mac Jones on offense and defense? Uh, my offensive X factor is a guy that a lot of people have been calling the offensive X factor, but I agree with this assessment, and that's John Smith. Um, I think that John last year, I think you hit the nail on the head, Kyrie. I think it was a little bit of maybe his uncertainty in terms of how to fit into this offense. Maybe there was a little bit on the other side that wasn't sure how to completely ingratiate him into that. By giving him the opportunity to block and maybe learn a little bit more last year, I think it gave him a little bit more of an understanding as to how this team calls plays, how they approach their offensive standpoint, and ways in which he can finally be that red zone target that we all thought we were getting when the Patriots signed him in the 2021 offseason. Yeah. John, to his own credit last year, said that he missed OTA, he missed mini camp. There were different circumstances that prevented him from really achieving his full potential. He's been 100% locked in this year. He sounds like a guy that's on a mission to prove himself, and I think he can do it because he's definitely got the talent, not just to be continue to be a very good inline blocker, but also a red zone threat and maybe even that H-back type, that fullback role that you're going to yeah. see him play out of the jet sweep. Can't wait to watch that. I think he's going to be a big-time X factor in the uh, um, uh, in the uh, the Patriots offense. On the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to go with Christian Barmore on the uh, defensive side of the ball in terms of my X factor. I look for growth in terms of what he can do. I think, like you said, if someone can emerge from the pack and be that inside presence so that way Barmore doesn't have to pull double duty, he's no longer going to be double teamed. He's no longer going to essentially have to carry the load of trying to fend off two guys. Two guys are going to try to then dedicate their themselves to being able to contain him and keep him from making the type of moves that he made. You saw last year when Barmore was drawing the attention of more defenders, that freed up Matt Judon to get after the quarterback. The oh, yeah. minute that stopped, that had difficulty. And then all of a sudden you started to see Judon's numbers go down. People were wondering, where's Matt Judon? He's, you know, shying away. It had a lot more to do with how Barmore was being played than how than uh, how uh, Judon was being played. He, all of a sudden he was seeing a lot more coverage and it's difficult. Any player would struggle with that. So I think in that regard, if Barmore can return to that form, that's going to free up the pass rush. That's going to free up Matt Judon a little bit. So he's my X factor on defense this year. If y'all aren't following Mike debate, reading his work and checking him out on the locked on Patriots podcast, you ain't doing it right. All right. <laughs> so, so listen, y'all need to get on that. I mean, obviously listen to my podcast too, but, but you got to follow my man, Mike debate. He's one of the best out here, man. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining me and doing this. It was excellent. I love being on the other side of this for once. It was great being on the other side. I always enjoy being a guest. I like being a host, but I always enjoy being a guest. And folks, if you want to get more Kyrie, and uh, believe me when I tell you, this guy is crushing it when it comes to this. Please, by all means, continue to subscribe. Check out every show. He does a great job. But if you want even more, keep a sharp eye on the Locked On Patriots podcast. I got a funny feeling you might be seeing a familiar face in the guest seat uh, coming in the coming days here on Locked On Patriots. But uh, Kyrie, thank you so much for having me on today. Always my honor, always my pleasure to talk ball with you. thousand percent. Thank you so much.
That was Mike DeBate of Sports Illustrated and the Locked On Patriots podcast. Thanks so much to him for for coming on, returning the favor, and being on my show for once. And thank you all for listening and being here with me. Tomorrow is Friday. Thank goodness, because I know I could use a break. I'm sure y'all could use a break for those of you who are Some of y'all are probably coming off vacation like I was, actually. Some of you might be going on vacation before all the fun starts later in July and in August. So get those weekend plans fired up, and I hope that some of them include listening to the First and Foxborough podcast. Like I said, follow on Instagram and Twitter at First and Foxborough, F-O-X-B-O-R-O. Follow me on Twitter at KDThompson5, on Instagram at K-H-A-R-I-D-T. And follow, subscribe, listen, download this show on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Till next time.